I'm Jimmy Evans. This is my wife, Karen. Welcome to the Marriage Day podcast. We exist to help couples to thrive Mm -hmm. in marriage. And today, Karen, we're actually talking about people who are preparing for marriage. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the right one, the book uh, that I wrote along with Frank Martin. uh, Excellent book. Excellent. It is a good book. And we, we gave this book to a friend of ours and they actually bought a copy for their son and their daughter and they were both dating. It was a funny story because the they gave the book to their daughter and she read it and broke up with her boyfriend. <laughs> and she said, I absolutely know after reading this book, he's not the right one. Their son read the book and he said, uh, I'm going to marry the girl that I'm dating. I know she's the right one. Aww. And they did get married and they yeah. just had a baby. And so um, it helps you to know, you know, when you're when you're dating uh, you need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, many Definitely. times when we're dating. I wish we'd had help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we didn't know anything. We were mm-hmm. in high school. But it, the conversations that you need to have, the the things that you need to look out for, the mm-hmm. red flags, those kinds of things. Uh, no one knows these things or very few people know these things automatically. And a lot of times our parents don't know what to say to mm-hmm. us. Uh, but we're going to go into a teaching here in just a minute uh, called The Right One that I taught. Uh, but before that, we have a couple of questions from some of the viewers, um, and this is for you, Karen. I've made relationship mistakes in the past that have been so painful, including being sexual too soon. I feel like damaged goods. How do I not make the same mistakes again? That's a good question. And first of all, she is not damaged goods with God. That's you right. know, and He can yeah. forgive anything. And so, yeah. you know, just take it to the Lord and just confess that, you know, I messed up and ask for healing and forgiveness, and and God can redeem it. Yeah. And, you know, if she's that concerned about not making the mistake, you know, meeting the right person, it sounds like she's doing better than she was. Yeah. And that, like you said, reading this book can help her a lot, you yeah. know. And so I would just suggest do that and yeah. get the information inside of you. Because if you go into a relationship without knowing what to do, then you're, you're set up for failure because everything's based on emotions. That's exactly right. Well, and I do really do encourage everybody that's dating uh, or you have a child dating or a friend dating or something like that to read the book, The Right One, because mm-hmm. it, it does help to give you the tools that you need. Uh, I was on an airplane and the stewardess came up to me and she said, well, I read your book on marriage. And she said, um, I had a horrible divorce seven years ago. She said it was very, very painful. And I told, she said, I told the Lord, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And the next husband that I have, you're going to bring to me. And she said, all my friends wanted me to go to happy hour with them. And they kept saying to me, you're never going to meet a man unless you go to happy hour. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm not going to happy hour. <laughs> the The Lord is going to bring me my next husband. And she said, I was opening my garage door one day and I live in an apartment building with apartments behind us. And when I opened my garage door, there was a man across the alley and he raised his garage door and we looked at each other and we fell in love and got married. <laughs> and she said, he's the best man I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's just an example of not making emotional decisions yeah. and not making fear-based decisions. Her friends were saying to her, you'll never, you'll never meet a man unless you go to happy hour. Mm-hmm. And so go ahead. Okay. My fiance and I really enjoy being together, but I wonder if I'm settling in order to be married. How do you know when you're marrying the right person? Well, you know, I think that it's a spiritual thing, first of all, that you have to have faith. The mm-hmm. Bible says anything not faith is sin. Mm-hmm. Another way to say that is God will not honor a fear-based decision. And the fear-based decision says, well, I'm getting older, and if I let this one go, maybe, <laughs> you know. And then you get married, you realize it wasn't the right one. Then, mm-hmm. then what do you do? Mm-hmm. And so I think that uh, being able to, again, 
read the book. It'll help you to have the right conversations, realize red flags that are going off. But I think at the, at the end of the day, no person is perfect. Mm -hmm. No dating is perfect. No marriage is perfect. But I know when we got married, Karen, we both believed that we were, that God put us mm -hmm. together. You know, we really believe that. Mm -hmm. And that's important to know when you start going through hard times. Mm -hmm. So I really do believe it's a matter of faith, faith in God, uh, praying. Colossians 3 says, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Mm -hmm. And the peace of Christ is a very tangible thing. It's a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. You and I have made hundreds of decisions yeah. based on peace. And so I think when you have a peace about it, mm -hmm. God is telling you, yes. And what you're, what you're saying is we need to have the same values. Right. You know, and those values should line up with what God would say. And so, you know, have those, you know, serious conversations, you know, ask yeah. the right questions, you know. Yeah. So Explore. Explore mm -hmm. your doubts, mm -hmm. you know, and, and make sure that before you get married, you're making the most serious commitment of your life. Yeah, I agree. And you have to have the conviction to do that. <laughs> Well, uh, we're going to go into this teaching now, and it's called uh, The Right One, uh, talking about finding the right, right person to marry. And so we hope that you enjoy this. Stay tuned. You have a 100% chance of success in marriage. You can make it in marriage. God made marriage, and God never makes anything to fail. Everything that God makes, he makes perfect, and he made marriage perfect. And you were made for marriage. The God that made marriage made you for marriage. You have a 100% chance of success in marriage. And you say, well, Jimmy, then how, why are so many people failing in marriage? Because they're not doing it God's way. And I want to I wanna ask and answer questions in this message that are very important. And the first question is, what is wrong with sex before marriage? And I want to answer this on several levels. And let me say, first of all, sex is the covenant seal and sign of marriage. Now, listen to me just a minute. See, our society has completely lost the context of sex. Okay. God, sex is wonderful. I, I say, I'm not going to stand here tonight and tell you don't have sex. I'm just saying, wait till marriage. Sex is fabulous. Yay, God. God created sex. Yay, God. Okay. So, so you, you want to have sex? Great. Get married and have sex. But so, listen, in covenant, uh, salvation is a covenant. Our salvation in Jesus is a covenant. And there's a seal of that covenant and a sign of that covenant. The seal is water baptism. When we get saved, water baptism is, it seals the deal. We consummate our salvation by being water baptized. Communion is the covenant sign of salvation, of, of our faith, faith in Christ. And every time we take communion, we're saying, I remember. I remember the commitment I made to you and I remember what you did for me. Literally, that's what a sign means. I remember, just like the sign of this wedding ring. I remember that there's a person that belongs to me and I belong to her and she's not with me right now. And so it's a sign. Well, in marriage, when you get married on your wedding night, you have sex and that seals the deal. Having sex before marriage changes how we feel about each other and weakens the relationship. So Shante Feldhahn, who is a relationship expert, she did a poll with a lot of young people who had had sex before marriage. And she asked them what happened as a result of them having sex before marriage. 70% of the men who had sex before marriage said they could no longer trust their girlfriend. 82% of women who had sex before marriage became deeply insecure in the relationship saying it caused them to become clingy and emotionally needy. You say, well, why would, why would men uh, become mistrustful 
with their girlfriend after they had sex because if you're easy with me, you're easy. I just got everything you have. I wonder if you're giving it to anybody else. That's a lot of times what men think. Why do women become insecure? Because I just gave you everything I have. Are you still gonna like me? What if somebody else comes along? There's no mystery to me anymore. You, you have everything I've got. And so it changes the way, when we wait until we get married, it creates trust in men and security in women the way that God wants it to. Sex, here's another reason. Sex before marriage puts us at high risk for sexually transmitted diseases, many of which are incurable and can cause major problems. There are 20 million sexually transmitted diseases caught every year, and half of them are caught by your age. The people from 16 to 24 years old are the most susceptible to sexually transmitted diseases. The only way that you can know that you're going to get married without a sexually transmitted disease is wait to have sex until you're married. And so you can catch diseases. Here's another reason to wait until you're married, and that sex bonds us on the deepest level with another person, and when that bond is broken, it damages us deeply. Now, it's called soul ties. See, a lot, what, here's, a lot of times we look at sex like this, where I have sex, break up with a person, go have sex with another person, break up with a person, have sex with another. It's inconsequential, it's just fun, it's recreational. We're just having sex and we're breaking up. Well, here's, here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you, do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Well, sex is not the, the unforgivable sin. But understand this, this is part of the problem. You, you know that song that when a heart breaks it, don't break even? You know that. I barely know it. I'm old. But so you have sex with a person, you're in a relationship, and you break up, and just inconsequential. This is what's happening to your soul. Every time you get into a relationship and you become one with that person, when you break up, a part of that person comes with you, and a part of you goes with that person. It's extremely consequential. And when you have relationship after relationship after relationship, you have fear of intimacy, bitterness, cynicism. A lot of times you become very hardened and close your heart off, women included. When we start in relationships, we're very soft-hearted, we're very pure, we have the best of intentions. But every time you have sex with someone and you break up, there's damage occurring on the inside. You've got soul ties. And some people have soul ties to a dozen people or more. And I had a girl in high school that I had sex with. And um, when I got married to Karen, she was constantly in my thoughts. And every time Karen and I have a problem, she was always right there. She, she wasn't there physically. She was just there emotionally. And the devil convinced me, and it was the devil, through all the problems Karen and I had, the devil convinced me that I had made a mistake in marrying Karen. I need to go back to this girl. Well, in reality, we, we, you know, Karen was much better than this girl. I had to break a soul tie. And when you have a soul tie with a person that you've had sex with, and you realize you think about them too much, you have funny feelings about them, sometimes you're angry at them, many times you want to go back to them, you're confused about relationships, you can't get focused on a relationship, a lot of that is caused by soul ties. 
You can break a soul tie, but the way you break a soul tie, first of all, is to recognize the immorality involved and say, Lord, I should never have had sex with that person. I repent, and God forgives you. God's not a grudge holder, thank God. So God will forgive you. The second thing that you do is forgive that person, is you say, God, I forgive them, you know, and I release them from any judgments that I have on them. But listen, if you have a soul tie with a person, you do this. I break that soul tie in the name of Jesus Christ. And you break off that relationship. You stop thinking about them. You stop being around them. You get rid of all the mementos of that relationship so that you can go forward and you don't carry that person with you any longer. The, the getting rid of the mementos and breaking off the relationship, that's our part. But God's part is to repair our soul. And when we're breaking soul ties, when we go back and we say, I realize I had all these sexual relationships and I break those soul ties, what happens is this. We're ready to be joined again in a healthy relationship without the damage, without the confusion, without all of this. Because listen, God made us this way where we can join with another person and become one with them. But once we're damaged, how do you join this? You don't. We're not ready for intimacy. We're not ready for relationships. And so sex is consequential. One of the things that our society has done is taken sex to be inconsequential. It's highly consequential. Many people die. And many people's lives are devastated because of, of not really treating sex with the sanctity it deserves. Here's one other issue and I'm going to get into dating. Sex before marriage can create children and most men will not marry the woman they impregnate outside of marriage because they wanted fun, not work. And so one of the consequences of, uh, of sex is children having babies. And most men won't marry you once you're pregnant. And then you're going to have a child and then you have a child and then you're gonna to wanna to get married and you, whoever marries you is gonna to have to marry you with that child and that child is at a disadvantage without a father. And so it's, when you wait, and let me, there's secondary virginity. And secondary virginity just means I made mistakes, God forgive me, but now I'm a virgin again. And I want to wait now until I get married. So if you've made mistakes, you're not condemned. God doesn't condemn any of us. And if you've made mistakes, God will forgive you, but just dedicate yourself now to say, from this point in time until the day that I get married, I'm gonna be a virgin and I'm gonna prepare myself. And you can call this dating, courting, anything you wanna teach. But let me talk about three, three standards of intentional dating. This, this is what I'm gonna encourage you to consider for yourself. Number one about, thing about intentional dating is it honors the families. We're going to honor our parents. We're going to honor God and we're going to honor our families. And so if I'm dating Karen, see, I never asked for Karen's hand in marriage. I never went to Karen's dad and asked for her hand in marriage. I didn't know you're supposed to. I never heard that before. And he would have said no anyway, but you know, so it probably was good. I didn't know. They hated my guts. But the, uh, we're going to honor the families, our families. Number two, it's non-sexual. We're not going to have sex. And it's specifically for the purpose of leading toward marriage. Though it doesn't have to. We, we may end up not getting married. But specifically, this is not recreational dating. We're not just hanging out. This is specifically for the purpose of leading to marriage. Now let me say something for just a minute. It's good to set parameters on physical affection. You say, well, Jimmy, we, I, we don't think we can last out that long. Well, then get married. <laughs> just get married. Don't get your license, find your preacher, get married. <laughs> Why do you make it so hard on yourself? So, so here, here's what you can say. 
We're going to kiss, but we're not going to French kiss. We're going to hold hands and put our arms around each other, but we're not going to fully embrace head on. We're not going to lay down. We're not going to be alone together. We're especially not going to be alone together in the dark. We're going to watch appropriate entertainment. And we're going to wait until our wedding night to have sex. But you have to put parameters on it. But let me, let me just end by saying a few things about dating. Date by faith and not fear. fear. Acting on fear makes your fears come true. Living together. Uh, you know, just, just acting in fear. Put faith in God's word and do marriage God's way and it'll work for you. Acting in faith makes your dreams come true. So date by faith. I, I was on an airplane and a stewardess walked up to me and said, I know who you are. You're that marriage guy on TV. And I said, yeah, I am. And she said, uh, I went through a horrible divorce seven years ago. And she said, as soon as I became single, the other stewardesses said, uh, go out to the strip clubs with us and go out to uh, happy hour and find you a man. And she says, no, I'm not doing that. God's going to bring me the next man I get. And she said, so I told the Lord, I'm not going to compromise myself and I'm not going to sin. You're going to bring me my next husband. And she said, one day I went out and opened my garage door. And she said, and behind my apartment, there's another apartment. And I opened my garage door and this man was standing in his garage. She said, we fell in love. That was my husband. A godly man said, literally, God brought my husband across the alley from me. And she said, I love him. He's the best man I've ever met and we're deeply in love. But here's what she said. I'm not going to the strip clubs and I'm not going to the bars to find my husband. God's going to bring me my next husband. She dated by faith and not fear. Number two, date to explore, not to impress. And I want to be my best, but I want to know what you think. We're going to have deep, we're going to have meaningful conversations. And this book will help you to have meaningful conversations. And if you don't agree, you know, when I did pre-marriage counseling, we would, I, I, we, I did a deal called marriage expectation inventory. And one of the questions was, how many children do you want? One, one guy said six and one girl said two. And I said, well, how many kids are you going to have? And he said, we're having six. And she said, not by me, you're not. <laughs> well, how many of you think that's an important conversation to have before you get married? Okay. But I wanted people to talk. I mean, I had all kinds of crazy answers, you know. And I had this uh, Catholic guy and this girl that went to our church in my office. And I said, well, what church are you going to go to after you get married? And she said, oh, we're going to go here, Pastor Jimmy. He said, I'm Catholic. I'm not going to this church. And I said, well, how are you going to raise your kids? He said, Catholic. She said, no. They broke up in my office. <laughs> they broke up right there. And so these, these kinds of conversations, date to explore. Also, date non-sexually. Just make, make a decision. If you've made a mistake, God forgives you, be, be a virgin again, secondary virginity, and make a decision between now and the time I get married, we're not gonna be sexual, and we're gonna put parameters on our physical affection to make sure that we don't put ourselves in a compromising position, and date intentionally, don't date recreationally. Don't, don't just hang out with a person to hang out with a person and, and be sexual, and if, if I'm not serious about you, I'm gonna hang, I'm gonna hang around with, with you with other friends around. We're just going to be very good friends, but we're not going to be together, acting like we're romantic. But if we pair off, and if we begin to get serious, the specific reason that I'm dating you is to see if we're compatible because we're going to get married.
Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events. 